0: I think we can all agree creating your fulfilled life comes with plenty of challenges. Add in your unyielding desire to become a full-time, immersive entrepreneur, well, life just got a bit tougher and yet far more rewarding at the same time. Yes, being wholly responsible for your quality of life as boss will require gumption and chutzpah, but you can do it if you are willing to do the work. As an eventual entrepreneur, I want you to get in the driver's seat and create the life you'll love, create impact and meaningful contributions doing what you love on your terms for the rest of your life, starting now. Don't quit. Don't give up. Start Up and Thrive, the how-to podcast for eventual entrepreneurs with your host, Charlene Sanders. Hey, entrepreneur. Hey. It's been a minute since you and I have had the opportunity to connect through the podcast, and that is my bad. However, that's just what it is. That's just how life tends to happen when you are on the road to becoming a successful, thriving entrepreneur. You got to keep it up and you got to keep going no matter what it looks like. I am very excited to offer you a conversation with Rachel Hill of Rachel Travels and now Destination Done. Rachel is a travel entrepreneur and travel influencer who decided to figure out her life when the corporate experience was no longer working for her and after she was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, she Took up a backpack and decided to trace through Southeast Asia on her own to figure it all out. Rachel will be the first to admit it was never her plan to become a travel influencer or a travelpreneur when she set out to figure out what her life would look like in a fulfilled state of mind. However, when the calling happened, Rachel actually took the initiative to see it through. She shares with us that what she didn't want to happen was to look back years down the road and still have to answer the question to herself of what if? What if she had tried? It wasn't in her to not try. And years later, here we are with a successful, thriving travelpreneur who is now choosing to share her knowledge, her gifts, her journey, her expertise, and her travel excursions with other individuals who too want to start up a travel influencer type business or even any business can certainly benefit from many of the lessons Rachel shares with us. Rachel talks candidly about anxiety and depression, but she also shares the joys of becoming the woman that she's always wanted to be. She is now an expat who lives in Johannesburg South Africa loving that experience still sharing her gifts still sharing her knowledge in this episode you're going to hear Rachel talk about her three tips she would give the eventual entrepreneur the first and not least of which is to get out of your own head and take action so guys I certainly hope you enjoy every minute of this particular episode I can't wait to hear what you all offer in terms of feedback enjoy the show you
1: know, by the time I was twenty six, twenty seven, I was making six figures, and I was living in New York. I lived in Philadelphia, and I had this really good job, but I just wasn't fulfilled. I um, will later find out that I had anxiety disorder and depression. I just equated it to, you know, it's corporate America. Everybody work hard, you know. Um, this wasn't sustainable for my mental health or my physical health. And so I decided to leave a very comfortable, ideal life. I'm my father's youngest, so I'm his baby and I'm mother's only child. So they were like, girl, what? You know, you literally are living in this beautiful downtown apartment in Philadelphia. You're going to give that up to so do what every Wednesday? You know, I would tell my boss, oh, I'm going on a, a long lunch and I would go to therapy and I was actually going for a year and my family and friends didn't know. Everyone thinks that you have this perfect life and you're still not happy. So then you think that something is wrong with you. Then you get another job. That ain't the issue, right? It's like at least trying. not working 60 hours a week. I'm not getting um, talked down to. I'm not commuting an hour each way. Like, wait a minute. At that point is when I was like, okay, I don't really need to go back because right now it's looking good for a queen. Be the person you wish you had when you first started your journey. I wish when I first started my journey, there was someone who looked like me telling me, you know, this is how you navigate through this. There are people in the marketplace who aren't as giving, and it's cool, you know, but there are enough of us who are super giving and who want to see each other flourish and thrive and we're willing to do what it takes to make sure that we are collaborating and not competing against each other. Sometimes us influencers do a terrible job telling the real story. We're showing like the behind the scenes, the boring stuff that no one wants to see. But a lot of people is like, I don't know how to get started. Why don't I create a free class to tell people, look, if you want to get started, these are the five things you need to do and to consider. You do not have to have a blog to be an influencer. Sometimes you just have to get started, even if it doesn't look the best, even if it's not the prettiest, still put it out there because you can always go back and optimize and make it pretty. Nothing ain't going to pop off overnight. Mm -hmm. And if it does, it's not going to last very long just be a continual student even as you go through this journey how would you feel if you just didn't try you right. know like will you look will you look back in a couple of years and just say wow like i what if, what if and just a thought of saying what if kind of spooked me enough to even pull the trick first let me say
2: thank you so much for joining us on the startup and Thrive podcast. For Eventual Entrepreneurs, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Charlene. I 100% appreciate it. I want to get
2: to your story. But first, let me ask you, where have you traveled to last? I'm, I'm interested and intrigued by your travels.
1: <sighs> okay, so for the past few months, I have been
2: on the road, which is,
1: like I said, it's a good problem to have, right? Like, you know, I get an opportunity to travel a lot, but it gets a little exhausting. Uh-huh. So recently, I just came back from Quebec. City. I had my first international teaching engagement. So that was awesome. Um, And before that, I was in Johannesburg, South Africa. And then before that, I was actually in the Arctic Circle in Finland. So that was pretty interesting, too. And then, of course, I have some, you know, some
2: smaller trips in between there. Meeting with friends and having some other meetings and conferences and things like that. Well, I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Literally, just that one-minute spiel, I feel like I've been around the world and back. Just listen. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. It's cool, but it's a lot, you know. Got it. So, Rachel, I became familiar with you in person when I attended your digital marketing free workshop that you did in Atlanta at General Assembly. And there you gave us a peek into what your startup journey looked like. Um, But for our listeners who have not heard your story, what did that look like from the time that you decided something had to give and you wanted to make a change along with the conversations that you had to have along the way for those who didn't really understand what you were about to do or were doing? What
1: did your your startup story look like? So my startup story looked like, you know, having the perfect or the ideal life in the sense of, you know, you go to school, um, I went to Florida A&M University and, you know, you do well, really, you know, do really well in school. And then once you leave school, you go get a really good job and then you work a good job for, you know, our parents would probably say like for the next 30, 40 years. Um, but we would say like, you know, I worked the job for the next five to seven, ten years and move on to something. Um And so that was the trajectory I was on Like I I w- had A really a dream job I was you know by the time I was 26 27 I was making six figures And I was living in New York I lived in Philadelphia and I had This really good job but I Just wasn't fulfilled I um will later find out that I had anxiety Disorder and depression I just equated It to you know it's corporate America Everybody work hard you know um, and so I did that for a couple of years and I decided this wasn't sustainable for my mental health or my physical health. And so I decided to leave a very comfortable, ideal life to travel, um, for the next few months. And so initially my, my idea was I just backpack through Asia by myself and just kind of get my, my thoughts together. And then I'll come back and apply for another job. But I would in the meantime, start my, my blog, Rachel travels. And as I was creating content and just talking about my journey, being very vulnerable about my mental health um, challenges and battle, um, and then just creating content about the type of people I was meeting, the conversations we were having, um, and how inexpensive it was, um, I started to get a lot of um, responses and comments and emails about, you know, I've been wanting to travel, but I'm scared. I've been wanting to travel, but I heard they don't like black people. Yeah, I've been wanting to travel, but I thought I couldn't afford it. And so then I'm like, wait a minute, it's a lot of people who, you know, feel like they can't have this particular experience and that's absolutely not true and so from there I started to you know create products and services around these challenges and these questions that people were having and because I have a marketing background and things like that I was able to you know put in place some systems and some automations and then of course continued learning um, like continuing to you know get coaches, mentors courses, read books. I was able to grow a travel blog into actual brands in a business so that you know where I am now. What Whoa. did your family think
2: when Whoa. you decided? Okay. <laughs> I'm leave this wonderful comfortable six-figure job and go and backpack through china for the next couple of months by myself what did that conversation so,
1: look like let me just preface that i am from the south and i was raised you know very southern and my parents are very i'm gonna say they're very traditional like they're not stuffy but you know very um average okay, southern family yeah yeah exactly like southern family and and i was raised as an only child so there's obviously like i'm my father's youngest so i'm his baby and my mother's only child so they were like girl what you know you literally are living in this beautiful downtown apartment in philadelphia you're gonna give that up to do what like and of <laughs> course you know blogging and online marketing and business is a new concept especially for my father so he was like okay like i don't know But, you know, and and one thing about my dad, I'll just give him a special shout out, is that his thing was, you know what, you've done everything that I've asked you to do. Like, you've done well in school. you you know, done all those things that as a parent I would want you to do and make me proud. And you've done those things. So from here, you know, live
0: the life that you want but
1: then of course my mother felt the same way but you know how moms are they want grandchildren and you know all of that stuff so she's like okay well what you gonna do about you know dating and settling down and like you know all of those questions but now it's been almost four years later and as I'm growing as my business is growing and flourishing and they're seeing the strides that I'm making they're even more supportive um my father still doesn't completely understand, but he just knows that I don't beg him for money. So right. he's like, you good with me? So, um, you know, right now they're, they're super supportive. My friends were kind of like, girl, you know, that's a big risk, but you know, you can do it. And so everyone has around me has been super duper supportive, which I'm grateful for. Even when they didn't quite understand it, they still, you know, supported
2: me through the journey. So did you have conversations with yourself when you knew? That there was a lack of fulfillment when you knew something had to give. Did you try to talk
1: yourself out of it for a while? Absolutely. You know, so while I was, um, well, after I got diagnosed with anxiety disorder and depression, um, I went to see a therapist. So every Wednesday at like one o'clock, I think it was, you know, I would tell my boss, oh, I'm going on a, a long lunch and I would go to therapy. And I was actually going for a year and my family and friends didn't know. Like I was silently going to see a therapist and, you know, in the black community, mental health is kind of a taboo uh, topic. Even still, you know, now there's a lot of conversation about around the mental health but at the time you know it was like why are you seeing a therapist you know or especially in the black community it's like girl just play it off you know especially since your life
2: looked to be wonderful from the outside
1: absolutely like it was a lot of smoke and mirrors and let me just say my life was great but it just wasn't I wasn't fulfilled like okay now I have this money I have this great apartment but what does that mean if I'm working 60 hours a week or you know like living for the weekends I can't even enjoy my space because I'm I'm doing work and there's, you know, all this going on. So, yeah, I did have to talk myself through that because I had to go see a therapist first to get past some of the shame that I had around seeing a therapist and having this amazing life and then feeling like I wasn't grateful for it. That was like a whole nother conversation you got to tell yourself, like, everyone thinks that you have this perfect life and you're still not happy. So then you think something is wrong with you, right? So there was a lot of hawk. And I like to say, like, I had to undo a lot of knots in my mind and in my mindset and in my thoughts because – you know, I did have it set up the way that everyone else said it was supposed to be, and I wasn't happy. And still, and I happy. still have to do that. And I still, even today, I still have to, I still battle with anxiety, not so much depression, but, you know, I, I still get anxious, and I have to talk myself even, you know, talk myself through um, certain aspects when I'm having, you know, some anxiety comes up, like talking myself through through that. So it was like a continual um, process, I guess, of like, continue to undo these knots in your mind and your thoughts because you know you've been talking having these same kind of uh thoughts in your head for at least I'm sure whoever's listening 20 years for 20 years right and then um our environment around us and what we see and what we hear and what society says so it's always going to be a process you
2: know And I think what you just mentioned is extremely valid for eventual entrepreneurs to understand that in social media, we see our highlight reels. Like most people, we don't put some of the low moments or whatnot on social media, or even though it looks like we are successful, doing well, and we could be, and we are, but that doesn't mean that those conversations still don't creep up in your head, or you still don't have moments of truth or moment of clarity where you have To walk yourself through, it's like it doesn't change the amount that you have in your bank account, or the amount of followers that you have, or the amount of trips that you get to take. That's not going to change a lot of the everyday simple conversations that we have to continue to have with ourselves to kind of absolutely whatever it is, you know, whatever it is is going on at the time. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this: What allowed you to backpack through China on your own in spite of your fears? What what did you have, what did you say to yourself that said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it? Because I think that same conversation that you had with yourself about taking that first trip is the same conversation some eventual entrepreneurs have about whether or not they should start their entrepreneur journey that they've just been wanting to start forever and a day. But fear has kept them from doing that.
1: So um, I didn't – just to correct you. I didn't go to China. I went to Southeast Asia. So Thailand, Cambodia, like I think I went to about eight countries. Okay. Um, but I will say all that to say that I literally – it took me almost – I would say like a solid nine months to a year to really – I'm not, I, I definitely prepare. So let me also put that out there. Like a lot of times people just like, I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to start a business. Make sure that you are preparing, right? Like I made sure to pass my student loans and I did a lot of preparation, right? Um, but when it came down to pulling the trigger, as I like to say, I was like, girl, it's either now or never. And my whole thing was, you know, as I was in this corporate environment, it's like, listen, if I'm making, I'm 26, 27, and I'm making this much, it's only up or out. And someone told me that today in corporate, it's either like you continue to go up this corporate ladder, and especially if you're already miserable, it's like, do I want to continue to go up and like have even more responsibilities, or it's time to get out? And then for me, I was like, you know, at, at the time, I was 27 when I left, and so I'm like, okay, listen, soon enough, it's going to be, you're going to meet someone, meet a guy get married and start working on a family then it'll be more difficult not impossible but more difficult to get out when there are other people and factors that you have to um, put into the formula into your equation on how you can kind of stick and move in your life and so I just kind of felt like it's not now you know when will it happen like it has to be now or now And so that was, like, the thing that I told myself, like, if you don't do it now, you're just going to end up, like, with these golden handcuffs or this golden carrot just dangling above your head and never being fulfilled. Because, like you said, you're going to make – I'm going to make even more money. I'm going to have even more responsibilities, even more projects to work on. But, you know,
2: I don't think anything was going to change, you know. And it's interesting, um, the up-and-out ideology makes all the sense in the world and I'm really curious about that conversation. I was in the same position in that I just realized I was not interested in kind of climbing corporate ladder. Like it just wasn't what was going to fulfill me, a title didn't matter, the amount of money that you made in that job or whatnot didn't matter. And what really hit home for me is I had a tendency to talk to a lot of people that were above my pay grade and in these senior, senior, senior C-suite level positions. And what I started to gather from some of them, from some of the deep, more vulnerable conversations is they weren't even happy.
0: Like the titles didn't make them
2: happy. The amount of money, uh, and what seemed to be clout in the organization didn't make them happy. They were still looking for fulfillment themselves. So once I kind of saw That happening, and I was already having that same conversation with myself, even though I was nowhere near that pay grade. And like yourself, I certainly wasn't making six figures at that time. I just realized at that time, like you said, it has to be now or never. So, what was the conversation about the up and out? about if you don't mind clarifying
1: that yeah so that was really a conversation that I had with myself it was like you know as again as this anxiety was starting to slip in as you know the bonuses were coming in I was like okay girl this is a great bonus but after you get this bonus there's going be another bonus It's gonna be like I said I'm gonna get a chance to move to another city which would be great and then it'll be like starting all over again and so as I started to think about these elements I was like you know what is point I'm gonna have to give myself a deadline and just and move you know and that's really what I had to do because you'll continue to have these conversations with yourself it's like the you know the analogy with the 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 angel on both sides of the shoulder like the Mm -hmm. good angel the dark angel like one is telling you that you have you know you have you have it all and that you don't really need to go anywhere. And the other one, and not saying it's the dark age, but then there's the other one that's like, but this is your life. You can, you can recreate the things that you want or or create the things that you want. And so there's the battle between um, settling and being complacent and super-duper comfortable, and then battle also between like, taking a really huge risk seeing what happens. And then another thing I told myself was, you're smart enough, you're intelligent enough, you are capable enough that if this, doesn't work out, but you can always get another job. <laughs> that was like when I told myself like, girl, you can get another job. That ain't the issue, right? It's like, at least trying. And then I also told myself, how would you feel if you just didn't try? You know, like, will you look, will you look back in a couple of years and just say, wow, like, I what if, what if? And just the thought of saying what if kind of spooked me enough to even pull the trigger. Like, I don't ever want to look back and say, like, damn, what if I would have just taken a year to see what happened? What if I, you know, like, what would have, what have been different and what's interesting is I actually had a conversation with a young lady that I saw a few months ago at a at a barbecue and she was and I remember talking to her right when I was getting ready to quit or I maybe I had left my job and we were supposed to travel together through Southeast Asia and at the last minute she was like girl I just got a job and I won't be able to go and I was like it's all good because I believe she got laid off and she was like you know I, I'm laid off I'm just gonna you know we let's roll together and and she ends up getting this job and moving to another city. And I see her literally over three and a half years later, and she's like, "Girl, I always, always, always think about what if." I left with you. Like, what if we would have went backpacking? How different my world would have been? Funny enough, she actually just finished backpacking through Southeast Asia. She went to Japan. She went to the Philippines. She went to all these amazing places. Um, she just came back. I wanted to maybe less than a month ago. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, I've done it now, but I always think like, what if I would have gone then that's right. like three years and you know she still ended up quitting the next job the job that she got hired for just to do what she always wanted to do and so that was just like an interesting you know perspective and conversation um, you know talking to someone before and after
2: let's talk about your Southeast Asia trip when did you decide that I want to keep doing this like I don't want to go back to corporate America when did you make that decision and what skills did you immediately start to monetize so that you could continue to do what you were loving at that time
1: so when i came back from southeast asia um I i did that for a couple months and i came back and i was like okay January, I'm going to start looking for jobs because, you know, it doesn't mean here you know, after a lot of times companies are hiring. And so I started applying for all these jobs, but I literally could not get a job, right? Like, I just couldn't. And it's funny because even to this day, like, sometimes when I'm like, you know, let me just apply for something and see what happens, I still can't get a job. So I know, like, I'm on the, the right path. But anyway, I say all that to say, as I was applying for jobs, I couldn't get a job. But then I was like, well... I still – and I have savings, let me also preface that. So I was, like, living off of my savings, and I had went back home with my parents, so that helped me um, save a little bit of money as well. But I started, like – you know, as I was getting all these emails – I knew that there were like challenges in the marketplace, and I knew I could solve them because I had literally just done these journeys. I literally knew, only spent twenty five hundred dollars to travel through eight countries, and you know all of these things. And so I started to study like on the online space. So. And I knew, and I have a lot of marketing background because I have two degrees in marketing and I worked in marketing and corporate, but from the enterprise level, when you have million dollar budgets, it's very different from when you have little to no budget, you know, as a startup or as an online entrepreneur or any sort of entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just was looking for information and I saw that people were like selling things like, guides and pdfs and in checklists and really small things that you could like um all the expertise in your head you could put it down and create a product and you could sell it on your site and so really that's how i started as people kept asking me the same type of questions i would make you know solutions for that creating courses online courses for it um and and i started a subscription service so that really was when i and i made a lot of money or what I thought was a lot of money at the time when I launched my subscription service. And I was like, there's literally no point in me going back to corporate America because I'm making more money now than I did then in the sense of I can keep my money. Like no one's Mm -hmm. taking 40% of my check. Um, Like the cost of living is a lot cheaper. I just was, you know, looking at all these factors like, okay, I created this thing one time. And it's generating money over and over again. And I'm not working 60 hours a week. I'm not getting um, talked down to. I'm not commuting an hour each way. I'm not, you know, there's all these things. I was like, wait a minute. This is kind of lit. And so at that point is when I was like, okay, I don't really need to go back because, right, now, is looking good for a queen, you know, um, and that's pretty much what I did. And so as I started to create online products and services and even got into consulting because people wanted to talk to me and pick my brain, so I'm like, yeah, let's schedule some time. I was like, okay, there's a way for me to scale a lot of this um, so I don't have to go back. So then that became my motivation is how can I optimize this? How can I scale these things so that I'm making more money both? still not, but working a lot less than, you know, what I was doing before.
2: Mm-hmm. So how have now, you know, looking back, how do you, how would you summarize the evolution of your brand over the last, is it three or four years?
1: Um, so in July will be four years. And this is a really amazing question. I don't get this one often and it's making me think a little bit, Um <laughs> I would say, I think with any brand, you have to continue to innovate and pivot. And so initially when I started, it was just like, here is my travel blog. Here are my 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 insights, my stories, my account, and you can take this information and you can use it yourself to evolving into a place where people are like, I'm going to this place. I read your, your post. This is great. Um, And then now you're teaching me, and then I got, like, it evolved into teaching. So instead of you watching me travel to all these places, you do it yourself. So then I created, you know, online courses, like, this is how you travel hack. This is how you um, create a brand. This is how you grow on Instagram, right? And so now it has evolved into now curating trips for um, my audience, and for other other people's audiences, um, and then even further now, as I am, you know, doing a lot of these speaking engagements and kind of trying to come. Um, I'm not gonna say like be less of a personal figure-facing brands, but really trying to help build up other travel influencers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as I'm moving around and and speaking, I don't see a lot of people that look like me, even though we're traveling more than ever. So then it's like, okay, how can I build up more people that look like me or more people who just desire to be uh, travel influencers very specifically to create these really dynamic brands so they, too, can have the experiences that I have with their working with major airlines and they're working with major brands and getting notoriety and helping people that resonate with them. And I'll just give you a quick example. I'm still single. I'm not a mother or a wife. And so I can't really talk about family travel and family planning. And as much as, you know, people reach out to me like, well, how do I travel with my child? It's like, I can't answer that question because I don't travel with children. But if you are a family that travels with your children or a couple or a single parent, that is something you could talk about. And there are brands who really love that and who really need that, but I'm not a good fit for that. And so if I'm the only one, and obviously not just me, there's a handful of us out there, but if there's only a handful of us, then these brands don't have a lot to to pick from. So then my thought is how can I build up all these different types of influencers So then that brands have no excuse but to have these amazing multicultural campaigns, Mm -hmm. right? And so – and that was – I actually just had to talk about that in Quebec City. Like, you guys keep saying you want more diversity and more cultural campaigns, which is cool, but I also need to help you all – or help others that that are coming to me asking me for this information, how to to build a brand where a brand will come to them and desire to work with them because they have all the parts that they're looking for. Right. I would say as, you know, as I evolve or my brain has evolved, it's, it's really gone from being a bit selfish, if you will, like, this is my journey, this is my story, into evolving into how can I really, really solve the problem and help others um, get to where I am or where I also am trying to go, right?
2: Because you, you got to
1: think about, like, someone being a few steps ahead of you, you know?
2: So now and I do think there's something to be said for being able to be selfish at this point. To me, that implies that you have put in the work, you know, um, taken your hit, so to speak, meaning as the person that's learning, learning, learning. And now that you have learned the lessons that you've needed to, you are now in a place to where you can be selfish to say, this is where I want my brand to go intentionally as opposed to this is what I'm doing to just get by. You know,
1: absolutely. So I mean? you, no, you have to be very intentional about, you know, what you know, and looking a little further out versus You know, this is what I'm doing. I know I can make a couple dollars doing this or that. But looking at it from, um, you know, more of a high level, like this is what I'm I'm hoping to achieve or this is what I'm manifesting to achieve within the next one, three, five years. And what can I put in place now starting today in order to get to that level?
2: You know, what I also find interesting about what you said is you have... You haven't taken a crab in a barrel mentality, meaning you are very much interested in sharing uh, your information with other influencer wannabe. And I don't say that in a negative way. but individuals who do want to be influencers and are willing to pay you for your expertise. It's interesting that there are
0: a lot more black travel, multicultural travel influencers out there. And I see that you all are doing a lot together. And you're kind of big up in each other and giving each other,
2: you know, high fives and, you know, promoting each other and talking about each other. So am I to am I understanding it correctly in that because Rachel can't be everything to everybody, why would you not be available to push another brand along or be willing to put your information out there and share it with someone else who may be, you know, at your level quicker than you were? Like, is there anything to be said about that part of your journey?
1: Absolutely. And you're 100% correct. And I've never taken on the, okay, I've gotten here. I can't share this thing with you because, honestly, I I always love this quote, like, be the person that you wish you had when you were a a child. But not even a child, but be the person you wish you had when you first started your journey, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I wish that you know, when I first started my journey, there was someone who looked like me telling me, you know, this is how you navigate through this, this is how you you know, and not saying that there are more other people that I could have gotten the same information from, but it's just something that we said when you see a person that looks like you who is telling you, you know, from this perspective, things are a little bit different than a person of color go- navigating through this particular entrepreneurial journey versus our other brothers and sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just being very open and transparent, like, yeah, this shit is different. You know what I'm saying? And it's okay, but this is how you need to move in through this, you know? Um, and so I've always been very collaborative in a sense. And then I also feel like for so long, as people of color, there has been this crabs-in-the-barrel mentality. But I I love, you know, this quote that I always use is like, it's 7 billion people on this earth. There's enough for everybody, you know? Exactly. Like, literally, I even if I have all the resources, think about Beyonce, think about Oprah, LeBron, all these people. There's 7 billion people on this earth, and folks still don't like them. Folks still don't resonate with them. Or there's people who still don't know who Beyonce is. People, There's people who still don't care who Oprah is or what she does, but there are enough people who do. And the people who do care are going to support you, and then there's those who, who don't, and that's okay, too but as long as we are all out here supporting each other we can get in front of the right people who do support us or who do resonate with us like i said everyone's not going to resonate with me being like a carefree single black woman um some people need someone who's a little bit more structured like i'm i'm not the structure when it comes to not my life i'm okay. it's not for everybody yeah and it's super cool but i do think it's very important that you know we collaborate because and then I'll just be honest, our other brothers and sisters, when I go to um, conferences and things, they collaborate. They sit down, they have these secret Facebook groups, they have all this stuff, and they're like, look, I can't do this, but someone else can take on, take this collaboration. They're paying this much, someone else can take it, right? And so why can't we be like that? And that's been my whole thought process through all of this. Like, why don't we create our own community for us? I love it. And so, yes, I would say that has been a hundred percent a part of the journey and will continue to be a part of the journey is really helping other, pulling each others up. Um, and then there are people in the marketplace who aren't as giving and it's cool, you know, but there are enough of us who are super giving and who want to see each other flourish and thrive and we're willing to do what it takes. make sure that we are collaborating and not competing against each
2: other and that's a lesson in itself if you are so concerned about wanting to collaborate and uh, be in the same space with a certain group of individuals and you find that those individuals aren't as accepting or receptive of you you're probably missing all of the people right around you that can't wait to collaborate with you but for some reason you have decided because you've watched this person's highlight reel on social media or the journey
0: according to the
2: aspects that they put out into the world because I'm a firm believer don't get it twisted. You are. We are. We give our highlight reels. We are not giving the full story. Absolutely, and that's, <laughs>
1: and that's fine. because who wants to see the depressing <laughs> parts, right? Like no one right. ever wants to see right. nobody right. the depressing parts, right? Like exactly. you only want to see the glittery stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even say this a lot, like a lot, and I joke about it. But I'm like, sometimes us influencers do a terrible job telling the real story, and so that's why you know when I'm tired. Even last night, I was just like, you know what. I've been traveling which I'm which is cool but I'm tired. Like yeah. I it feels really good to be back in my house in my bed taking a shower in my shower. You don't know what I mean? Like I don't want to do it. It's yeah. just fine. Like right now I'm I i do not want to be Rachel. <laughs>
2: I just wanna be Rachel.
1: <laughs> I just wanna be me and like I just wanna take a you know rest and do all of that stuff. Um and I say like a lot of the times influencers do a terrible job With showing like the behind the scenes. Like I'm saying look, I'm at a coffee shop. Like I just finished traveling I'm at a coffee shop and I'm doing work. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be doing work until later. But that's the part that a lot of us don't show um, um, not the pretty part not the interesting stuff this is like the boring stuff that no one wants to see um, but I why, think it is important
2: and, and it is but that's why I want to have this conversation on these podcasts to really help um, like I said eventual entrepreneurs understand how to not quit and the reason why I say how to not quit is because it's while it's rewarding on one hand it's going to be challenging you are going to face challenges life is going to force you to put up or shut up in that when you say you want something, everything in the world uh, is going to either push you towards that, which means you're going to have to stretch and grow in ways that you didn't assume that you were going to have to. Or you just mm-hmm. hit with a challenge to where you just got to figure it out in order to stay on that, you know, on that trajectory or that journey that you said that you wanted. Um, so let's switch gears, Rachel, to your
0: collaborative aspects. Now, I believe.
2: Uh, people of okay. color, Look, I believe people of color set cultural trends. We just uh-huh. do. And yep. at the same time, we're not always given credit for that. We don't always get the economic benefit of that. When you start having conversations with brands um, – to take note of who we are and to say, I'm a representative of that. This is what that looks like. I understand this culture because this is my community. This is how you reach them. Uh, this is how you get them to, you know, take note of your brand. Do you find that you are having to go and open, well, are you? do you find that you are having to knock on the door to have those conversations? Or is it more, are more brands now coming to people like yourself, influencers like yourself to say, hey, we see that you have something that we need. We don't understand it all. We're fine with saying that. How do we make this connection happen? How can you be our corporate liaison for the community that you represent, whether it's women of color, women in general, or person of color?
1: I would say it's a 50-50 split, honestly. So, as I've gone through these conferences and had conversations, there You know, of course, is this bit of resistance in a sense of, um, and some of it is resistance, some of it is just, I don't know. Like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, And so, especially when there are international brands, like not um, American-based brands, you know, they're like, well, I just thought it was just American like why like I thought it was just a blanket like American thing or why can't you be more inclusive and it's like okay yeah like I can be inclusive but my travel experience and you know I use this in a lot of my presentations when I was um traveling I was actually traveling I had a friend and she was um a young lady from Russia and we were having literally these parallel experiences like Traveling together, staying in the same places, meeting the same people, having sitting down with the same folks, having dinner, going on the same floors. And the conversations that I would have with the same people were very different from the conversations that she was having. And not in a bad way at all. It was very, like, super fluid, easy conversations, but the topics were just different. The way that people navigated around me were just different. And so with that, I have to arm myself with – um. Our experiences are just different. Our travel styles are different. Our buyer behavior is different. Um, We set trends, and then I have to arm myself with facts. Like – no, listen, my demographic, we spent one point we spent one point four trillion dollars in twenty seventeen. We are the number one consumers in this particular nation. And if you're not tapping into this market, then you're the one missing out, right? So then it's then it gets to like a numbers conversation, right? Uh-huh. So then there's that. On the other end, then there's this conversation of we know we need to tap into the multicultural market, but we have no idea what that means and what that looks like or what type of campaigns we need to create in order to, to make sure that we're tapping in and being um, not like, like for example as I, I just came back from this conference and um, in my workshop there was um, a brand there who was like you know we would love to tap in but I mean but do we make like create a campaign that's like this is for black people like we all want to be culturally insensitive but we don't know right mm-hmm. and so I appreciated that conversation because they're like we want to do this but we also don't know what the hell we're doing and so that's the other side so I think it's a 50-50 split either you're educated and people are like, well, I don't know, or I did, I had no idea. So you have to come with hard facts and come with um, like, case studies and like, hello, we set the trend for everybody. Like, let's be honest and here are, you know, here are these examples. Yeah. And then on the other end there are brands that's like we definitely know that if we don't get with it now, we're gonna be left behind. So can you please help us create something and that really resonates with your particular audience, but then we everybody's winning. How can we get a return on investment, but how can you make it cool? Um quick example is I just like that I just came back from the Arctic Circle in Finland and we could be honest White folks typically don't like being cold, right? Nope. And so how can you make... Finland, of all places, the Arctic Circle—like we are damn near in the North Pole. How can you make that cool for our demographic? So we created a rap video, um, and it was something quick, something fun. You know, if you want to see it, everyone can look on my Instagram account. But the brands loved it because it was something completely new and different, fresh. And we're like, twirling, and we're like, it's mm-hmm. like an old '90s rap video, mm-hmm. right? But people really, really loved it, and they loved it one because it was it was fun, cool, but made Finland lit, right? And so the brands are like, okay, yeah, we like, how can we? get – And so it's just really having those sorts of conversations that, um, you know, like moving forward. And I think now, and, you know, even with the um, Latina and Hispanic demographic, one in four children born in the U.S. are of Hispanic descent. So it's like, look, if we don't get with it, we're going to get left behind. And I think brands, if they don't know it already, they are jumping on board. So now is it's more than it's either than ever. Um, to start building brands because now brands are looking for, for us. They're looking for more multicultural um, people and aspects to
2: tap into. You mentioned conferences more than a couple of times on, during the small, um, short amount of time, rather, that we've been conversing. So when eventual entrepreneurs want to step out, myself included, I love attending conferences. I want to go to as many conferences as possible that make sense for what it is that I'm trying to do. However, yeah. it's not inexpensive. I don't think Um, as a travel aficionado, have you found even before you became the big influencer, how are you able to find cheaper, inexpensive ways to travel to conferences so that you can extend the very minimalist budget? that you have when you were beginning? So the one thing that I have learned, because
1: conferences
2: either can be well
1: really affordable or they can be so expensive. Like, guess some conference I want to go to. I'm like, girl, I ain't about to drop, you know, two stacks. That's right. Or, yeah, two to five stacks of gold or whatever. I want to go, but I just can't do it. Um, But one thing one of my mentors told me is volunteer. Sign up to volunteer at the conference. And I was like, that is such an amazing idea. So if you, you know, want to go to a particular conference and you know it, especially the year before, get on their mailing list. Ask, you know, I would love to volunteer. How can I you know, help with registration because what will happen is, you know, you come and you work the registration, you do the moderating, whatever it is that you're doing, but then you have the rest of the day to pop into these different conferences to listen in, still be able to network, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like the, I would say the easiest, best, and obviously most inexpensive way to go to these great conferences, and um, not have to, if you have a limited budget, or applying to speak at a conference. You know, if you have some topics that you can speak about, apply to speak, obviously you get to go for free or sign up as a, you know, a volunteer. So tonight I am going to be attending, I signed up for your five
2: steps to get started as a travel influencer class. This podcast is going to air after that. In general, for those who don't get a chance to attend the class, even though I think I'll do a blurb on Instagram about it, what are you hoping to convey?
0: A quick summary of what why you,
2: one, decided to create that free bit of content and then what people will gain from it.
1: Absolutely. So FYI, this class will actually... Um, be available for replay. Um, so if you're interested, I will have it right. by the time it airs. There'll be a link on my where you can, um, you know, still attend the class. It won't be live, but you'll get the same information. Um, so I would say, as I created this private Facebook group specifically for people who desire to be travel influencers but don't know how to tap in. And one of the things that I require is for you to fill out form in order to get into the group. And it's very strategic. So if you want to do this for any other brands. FYI folks, this is great. Um, but it's an easy way to collect emails and then to also see what. People's challenges are, but one of the things that I kept reading, I've collected over 200 responses was a lot of people was like, I don't know how to get started. Like, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know what I do. I don't know anything. Right. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, why don't I create a free class to tell people, look, if you want to get started, these are the five things you need to do and to consider. Um, and a lot of that just stems around things that people don't think about. Like you do not have to have a blog to be an influencer. That's blogging cool, but it's almost out the door. Video. Right now, right. So if you feel comfortable with the camera? Get on some videos or podcasting is huge. Like to be an influencer, you know, kind of talk. And we're gonna break down what an influencer is. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't thing for everybody. It doesn't have to. Everyone doesn't like reading blogs on their phone or on their computer. Everyone doesn't like video. Some people like audio, like a podcast, where they can commute and listen at the same time. So then figuring out what that feels bad for you. Um, another huge concern is people don't know um, how to to dial into their niche markets. So we're going to talk about that. Um, Some people don't understand or don't know how to create consistent content. So I'm going to give, you know, you all some hacks on, you know, when you're not traveling, how do you still make sure that you are producing amazing content, right? We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about like, um, roles and partnerships and friends and all that good stuff. So it's going to be a really good class. I'm super excited to share this information, um, with everybody. Well, I will
2: definitely be tuned in. So I'm, I'm definitely there and I'm always eager. Rachel, when you do have classes, because I give my input to say I always come away knowing way more than what I did when I went in, um, even more so uh, you end up finding out more about what you didn't know. Um, that kind of helps me to really focus in what I'm building now as far as my brand. And I, I'm, I'm able to check the box more as far as things that I just couldn't figure out for the sake of my brand. And I'm always happy with your content simply because you give real world, no love, this is what it is type information that allow people to literally put that in their toolkit and actually use it. It's not just Information for the sake of listening, we're actually able to apply it and apply it immediately so that we're able to see results from whatever it is that we're doing. And I can definitely say I had that experience around your um, Instagram live class.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, I'm very excited that you
2: enjoyed it, that you were able to learn take away some insight from it. If you could give any advice to eventual entrepreneurs because they don't know what they don't know, what would it be? What would be your top one or two bits of advice about anyone who is about to start this journey but has already started kind of working on their thing? They just haven't made the transition to doing it full-time. What would your advice be?
1: I would say I probably have like three nuggets, but nugget number one
2: is to just take
1: action. I think a lot of times we get in our own head and we are just like, oh, I I need to get this up and going. I need to do this. I need to do that. And sometimes you just have to get started, even if it doesn't look the best, even if it's not the prettiest, still put it out there because you can always go back and optimize and make it pretty and do all of those things. Um, Number two, I would say be consistently consistent. Um, I think a lot of times people are consistently inconsistent. And you don't want to be that person. You know, create some sort of outline or strategy like, you know what, I'm going to put aside two hours um, a week to work on this thing and be dedicated to it. Lock it in. Turn off your phone. Do what, what that takes, but be consistent with it. And you'll look up and you'll have you know, measures to see, like, okay, I'm moving along. Because, um, you know, sometimes you we think we, it just has to happen and it's going to pop off overnight. And that I'm sure anybody can tell you it, nothing ain't going to pop off overnight. Mm-hmm. Or, and if it does, it's not going to last very long, right? Um, and I would also say three is just continue to educate yourself and, you know, read tons of books. If you don't like reading, get an Audible or a Scrib. I think it's called Scrib account where you can listen to um, e-books if you can't afford, like, a coach or a mastermind or any classes online. But find resources and just continue to consume them in areas that you either want to learn more about or you have nothing or have no knowledge about. So if you're not good at writing, look up copywriting classes. Um, You can always hire somebody, but it's a good thing to at least know – Um, how it's done so you can know how to talk to someone you may hire, right? If you don't know how to build a a website, still maybe take a Udemy class. They're like 11 bucks or something. And so at least you can have an understanding. So when you talk to a developer, you can tell them, no, I want it to look like this. I know that there's a way that you could do that. So people ain't ripping you off, right? (laughs) So I would just say just be a continual student. Like even as you go through this journey, you still have to train yourself. You still need to read up. Uh, especially in this internet and online space, it changes very quickly. I mean, let's look at Vine, right? Like at one point Vine was popping and it's no longer with us. I mean, look at, you know, look at Snapchat. Like Snapchat was popping and Kylie Jenner said one thing and they took a huge tank, right? So you have to um, just continue to stay up to date with the trends in the marketplace. Know what's coming out. Hell, set some Google alerts. Um if Instagram is things thing, that some Google alerts about what's new with Instagram, so you'll get um, articles and things about what's going on in the marketplace, right? So just be a continual
2: student, be consistent,
1: and just start where you are.
2: What do you see for the future of Rachel Hill? The smart ball, uh-huh. as well as Rachel travels the brand, or are those so, two, are those two separate things still? So I would say it depends,
1: right? Like mm. I think um, Rachel travels is definitely a travel brand, and I'm still gonna um, be in this travel space, helping travel influencers, I'm working with brands, and um, helping people understand how to travel and to encourage them to travel more. So that will always be there. To be a passion, it started as a passion project, and now it's like. A real thing, um, but as far as Rachel Hill, as the other things I have going on, um, I am dabbling in real estate and dabbling in some other things. So, you know, just being able to, like I said, create or recreate some of the aspects of my life um, that weren't making me the happiest is, you know, just continuing to figure it, to figure out what I like to do, and of course, that changes. Like, you know, everybody everything changes after you know so long and when they change not being afraid just happens to those new interests so yeah
2: if Rachel you had the ability to have a conversation with Rachel Hill your past self or Rachel Hill your future self which would it be and why
1: ooh that's an interesting one I would probably talk to my future self only because, hmm, yeah, I think I would talk to my future self so they can tell me what my current self could be doing to to make the transition a little bit easier, or you know, kind of make the path a, a more smooth path versus a. A more of a bumpy road, I feel like if I talked to my old self, it would have been cool, but it's kind of like I've already done that, right? Like I've gone through those obstacles already, and it's made me who I am today, but if I could talk to my future self and she could put me on game and tell me what I need to do today, then I would love to talk to her and see, you know, what she would have done
2: differently so
1: we can make
2: it a smoother, smoother road, because everything's not going to be
1: smooth, you know?
2: That's interesting because Even though I've had people to choose the future self, nobody has provided that specific, that particular rationale for why. So I I like it. (laughs) I like it. I'm always curious and interested in seeing what people say because there's no right or wrong answer. But again, no one has given that particular piece of rationale that you've given for choosing the future self. So, Rachel, tell our listeners where they can find you or connect with you online where we may be seeing you if there's an upcoming appearance where do we find you so of course you can come visit me
1: um at my travel blog racheltravels.com um, I'm on also on Instagram. Instagram is like my place. So Rachel travels on Instagram. And outside of the online space, I would say that I am going to be speaking at a conference later this month called BYOB. So build your own brand. So we're going to be talking about building brands online. And who knows? Y'all just keep up with me and sign up for my email list, and I'll tell you, you know where I where I will be. Um, you know, in the future. Thank you
2: so much, Rachel. I definitely appreciate you taking your time out of your busy, busy day and your uh, travels to have this conversation with us. Like I say, I am sure the listeners are going to gain so much insight about what to do on, you know, the next step of their journey, just based off of listening to your story and your, your input today. So thank you again. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, you have a good day, Rachel.
1: You too. Bye-bye.
0: Well, that's a wrap, Guides. Another episode in the books done and done. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Startup and Thrive podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe, like, love, download, recommend, and share this podcast with other eventual entrepreneurs or anyone in the process of creating their fulfilled life. I welcome you to join this community of entrepreneur leaders by subscribing at courageandcandor.org forward slash subscribe. Of course, if you wish to know a bit more about me, your host, you can visit CharleneLsanders.com or connect with me on IG or Twitter at CEO Charlene. I look forward to the next time. Don't make this time your last time.